Welcome to the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution. Listen to interviews with the most influential people in the insurance industry. Learn the most important strategies, tactics, trends, and challenges facing today's independent insurance agents and brokers. New episodes every Wednesday. Visit agencyrevolution.com and click media to explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers. Subscribe today and get updates delivered right to your inbox. And now, without further delay, the Connected Insurance Podcast. Hello, this is Michael Jans, co-founder of Agency Revolution, and I want to welcome you to this episode of the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution creators of Attract, a powerful marketing suite that enables you to spend less time on the details and the drudgery of marketing and more time growing your business. Attract gives you the technology and the content you need to find your ideal prospect and turn them into your best customer. If you haven't done it lately, visit agencyrevolution.com and request a demo of this software today. Well, uh, as you know, I, I love to talk about insurance, but what really does get my juices going is when I can have a robust conversation about marketing. And today's guest is uh, Creme de la Creme. I'm uh, thrilled to be able to introduce you to John Lincoln, the CEO of Ignite Visibility. I'm going to share a few things about John because when you hear his bio, you'll say, I want to uh, hang on every word. That's the appropriate response. Uh, John Lincoln, MBA, is the CEO of Ignite Visibility. Ignite is a 2017, 2018, and 2019 Inc. 5000 company. Uh, I, he's a highly sought-after digital marketing strategist, industry speaker. He's the winner of the coveted Search Engine Land Search Marketer of the Year Award. Ignite Visibility is a leading digital marketing agency specializing in, and we cover a lot of this in this uh, conversation, SEO, paid media, social media, creative, email, public relations, uh, Amazon, and CRO. Founded on the principles of relationship, responsiveness, and results, Ignite has been named the number one SEO company, the number one paid media company, the number one social media company, and the number one digital agency in the United States. With 16 years of experience, Lincoln has worked with over 1,000 online businesses, including clients such as Office Depot, Tony Robbins, Morgan Stanley, Fox, USA Today, Cox, um, the Not World uh, Wide, and uh, he's also got clients in the insurance industry. I didn't get his permission to reveal their names, but uh, there are uh, names that you would immediately recognize. John's authored thousands of articles, taken hundreds of websites to number one position in Google for competitive keywords. He's built social communities to millions of members and worked on many advanced projects in CRO, SEM, influencer marketing, media buys, email, Amazon, and affiliate marketing. John has authored two books, The Forecaster Method. We talk about that briefly. I highly recommend it. The Digital Influencer, um, and he's the producer and director of SEO, the movie, and Social Media Marketing, the movie. John has received the most admired CEO award and San Diego's top business leaders under 40 award. He is a um, uh, columnist for Inc. Magazine, uh, entrepreneur uh, for Search Engine Land. If you were in the digital marketing space, you'd know the name John Lincoln. And, um, well, now you're about to know John Lincoln. So before we go, one last word. Uh, I know that we've, uh, over the, uh, in the last uh, few months, we've spent a great deal talking about um, COVID-19 and how to prepare your agency, how to thrive in very difficult times. A lot of our speakers have addressed this issue. Uh, not doing that so much right now, but... I want to encourage each of you to please be safe. Um, on a personal note, about one hour prior to recording this interview with John, my wife and I were tested for COVID-19. Results are not back yet. 
If you'd be kind enough, keep us in your thoughts and prayers as I will do the same for you. And now, without further ado, it is a great privilege to introduce you to John Lincoln. John Lincoln, thanks so much for joining us. How are you today? Hey, yeah, I'm doing really well. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm excited about this call. I know that you do work for uh, FMG Suite, the company that purchased Agency Revolution. And, uh, and they, they, they um, praise your uh, performance. So, boom, <laughs> at least <laughs> the folks I talk to do. And, uh, and I know, I mean, ha you and I having you know, gotten to know each other a little bit, there are three things that I'm hoping we can dive into in this call. Uh, right, your area of expertise in SPO, um, SEO, uh, and and obviously there's just so many questions pertaining, so much confusion around SEO for the small business practitioner. Uh, you've got some methodology for forecasting, uh, I think lead generation, which is so critically important for a serious marketer. And then I know you've got some strong insights or opinions on the use of video in contemporary marketing. So I'm hoping that I could keep us focused <laughs> and we could get through that. But if we don't, then we're going to get you for a repeat performance and I might do it anyway. All right. Awesome. Yeah, okay. sounds good. And all three of those topics are really critical to, to the digital landscape today. I think there's um, a lot of fun stuff to talk about today. And uh, for the FMG suite marketing, although they are a client, I, uh, the credit goes to the team on that one. They're very, very fantastic. Uh, good team, yeah, bunch of good people. All righty, uh, so before we uh, crank it up and dive into the juicy stuff, uh, John, if you'd give us a little bit of background on how you got to be where you are and what it is that you do. Yeah, so I've been doing digital marketing for, um, gosh, since about 2005 or so. So it's been mm -hmm. a while and doing it, you know, all day, every day. I've just really kind of niched down into digital marketing, super passionate about it. So after I, I was UC Santa Cruz, got my MBA, got out of there and um, got a job, you know, in publishing, really got super into publishing learned that if I scaled the amount of content I was creating, the amount of social media I was creating, the amount of advertising I was creating, that I could create a system to grow traffic online. And I took that to a couple other roles and then uh, had a, just a ton of success. And then um, started Ignite in uh, 2013. I've been running Ignite Visibility, my digital marketing agency for seven years now. We've become a three-time Inc. 5000 company built a really great system um, to scale all the different service offerings that we have, which include SEO, paid media, email marketing, social media marketing, conversion rate optimization, Amazon, website development design. And I'm really just proud of uh, building a, a great company that can help a lot of people kind of accomplish their dreams through, you know, uh, client acquisition. So our whole thing is, you know, we grow businesses online and uh, you know, we've just really stayed true to that mission. So I just love digital outside of that big surfer, soccer player, you know, dad, husband, and uh, it's a little bit about me. Right on. Okay. And uh, you've got a great reputation. It's my understanding. You've got what, 80, 90 people on your team? Yeah. So we're up to, you know, about 90 full-time employees. And then our okay. network of people that mm -hmm. we work with really extends to somewhere around 150 with all the different um, people that support the company. So uh, it's a pretty, pretty large size operation, um, you know, as far as uh, agencies go that started from nowhere. So. <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, uh, thank you for sharing that about yourself. Let's, Let's, let's take this in order. Okay, I raised SEO first. SEO is a, a topic, it matters to digital marketers and it matters to the modern insurance agency, which needs to have a digital presence. And uh, I would say that other than knowing probably what it stands for and, uh, and, and, and maybe a, a few basics like, oh, I gotta get the right words on my website and it would be helpful if I blogged. I think that uh, for most people, it is uh, it is a bit of a mystery, and I recognize that it uh, there's um, you know what we maybe what we knew about SEO five years ago you know that's five years old, and so it is a, a changing field. So l let's start there, okay? SEO, local SEO. What do you think the um, the owner, a principal of 
a, a modern insurance agency needs to know? Sure. So SEO is a really complicated topic. It, it goes really, really deep, deeper than I think a lot of people know. And not just because of, you know, how complicated local SEO is. There's international, there's e-commerce, there's, um, there's all different types of SEO that you can do in enterprise SEO. So for like a huge website, like, um, you know, a, a massive e-com site is, is much different than local SEO. So local SEO, um, good news is one of the easier ones, actually. It's probably the easiest, I would say, out of, out of all the different types. Um, very clear, tried and true things that you can do to be successful there. And it really just all stand, starts with what happens when somebody Googles your brand name and what happens when somebody Googles your top five keywords, what comes up. And if you just kind of look at that intuitively, you think to yourself, well, I want to have the ad at the top of the page, which is not SEO, that's paid media, but you usually want to have the ad too. I want to show up in um, not just the top ads, but now the local service ads, which are right underneath the top ad. Then I want to show up inside of Google Maps, right? And, and rank inside of there and also run ads inside of Google Maps. And then right underneath that, I'd love to show up inside of the HTML listings. Now the thing is, you can only have one HTML listing, and that's just the normal link that everybody sees in Google. It used to be the biggest thing. But what I think a lot of people don't realize is that there's a lot of ways that you can show up on multiple other websites in addition to just the HTML listing. So um, what I really coach people on doing is making sure you're on all the top review sites in your industry. So not just the Yelps, you know, not just, um, you know, those top ones, but what are the other five or 10 review sites that rank you as well? So, so really when it comes down to it, you want to be strategic, you know, and, and for each of those things I mentioned, there's different strategies that go into being at the top of the review site list to being at the top of the map list to being at the top of the HTML list to being at the top of, uh, of each one of those. So we can start with any one that you want. Um, but that's well, kind of what you want yeah, to where, think. How, where, do you, how do you own, own them all? Yeah, well, um, where, where do you think it, it makes sense to start talking about it? Which one makes the most difference? The, the most important place to start is on the Google My Business. Google's investing a ton in that product, so it's a great place to spend your time. Okay, got it. And, and so, uh, like, uh, I, I think when people, well, you had mentioned, like, the top five keywords. Is that where people should be, should they be thinking about like what are top, you know, what, what are the key phrases? How, how do they, how do they approach that? So usually what the main things you can control are um, the Google My Business page and then also your own website. So as a step-by-step -step process, first thing you want to do, set up the Google My Business page, and then you want to um, pick five keywords that you want to rank for on Google My Business and on your website. Now there's a couple tools. One is called the Google Keyword Planner tool, and that's gonna tell you the search volume that is out there for any term. So if you're looking for a financial planner in San Diego or wherever, you'll be able to see how many people are searching for that. You're gonna pick your five terms, and then you're gonna write a one page of copy for Google My Business. You'll go inside there, you'll update the Google My Business, you'll get that all set up, you know, pick the service lines that you offer. And then as a next step, you're gonna go out and try to get local directories to link to you. So there's this thing called name, address, and phone number, NAP. And the main thing that Google looks for when they're ranking a Google My Business page, not the HTML page, but the Google My Business page is, do you have a consistent name, address, and phone number on your Google My Business page and all the other local listings around you? That's really, really important. They look for that, they look for the quality of the page, and then they look for how many reviews you have, how recently you've uploaded photos and videos, and how rich is, is the multimedia on there. So if you really want that map to rank well, that Google rank really well on Google Maps, it's super important that you take the time to do all those things. Now just the bare minimum stuff you can do is get great reviews, use a local listing service like Uberall, Moz Local, Yext. Um, those are some very, very good ones or chat meter. And any one of those, they're about a hundred bucks. They're going to get you on a couple hundred websites, get your name, address, and phone number all correct. That's going to make it so that local listing page gets set up. So, you know, that's a really good place to start. Write some copy, add it there, get some good reviews, 
and then go out and get your local listing set up. And you can do that just for one location at a time. If you have a hundred locations, you gotta do that a hundred times. Um, but if you do that once a year, that's gonna make it so you show up higher in the maps. Now, when you go to your website, that's a whole different framework. And what's really important there is if you're picking five keywords that you wanna rank for, put the most important ones on your homepage inside of the title, the description, the H1, the H2, inside of the copy. And then with the other keywords that don't really fit with the homepage, you're gonna to wanna to create individual web pages for that. And with those individual web pages, you're also gonna to wanna to do the same type of stuff, you know, title, description, H1, H2, copy, general optimization. And once you get that in place, it's just a matter of content marketing and writing blogs and content on a consistent basis thought leadership and getting links to the website. And that's how you're going to rank higher and higher and get more traffic over time. So it, it sounds to me that uh, one, this isn't something that's fixed with a couple of blogs and that um, somebody should devote a, a little bit of time to this on a fairly consistent basis. Is that right? Yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's really, really hard for people to do. And that's why they hire agencies a lot because you get so busy running the business, but <laughs> the framework's really simple. It, it is, um, you know, it's just a matter of getting your core website optimized and then putting in place a process just to create content consistently and then sharing that content on social media, doing outreach around that content so other people see it you know, press releases, create content, expose it, create content, expose it, create content, expose it. Just by doing that, you'll grow more traffic, more traffic. Now yeah. what happens is they, people get kind of addicted to the content creation. So, you know, they'll scale it and scale it and scale it. We have some clients now where we'll do two, 300 pages of content a month. You know, it gets them to millions and millions of visitors a month. It becomes very powerful. Um, so on the search side, you know, you can scale it and see a, see a great return. All right. Got it. Um, Okay, so um, a couple, two, two questions on this topic and then let's move on. Um, so uh, it's, uh, it's pretty common for a Main Street agency to have a local presence and so locality matters, but there are uh, certainly plenty of agencies that have a broad footprint. They might have a local presence and let's say they have a niche that extends throughout the state, extends in three states, extends in 14 or 50 states. So um, how does that change their strategy? So you can still create local pages, even if you don't have a local presence, it just won't have the Google Maps. So you could still say we serve this area. Now here's the thing, if you go national, it becomes much, much more competitive. So you know, I've worked with some jewelry companies. If you're looking for engagement rings in San Diego versus engagement rings in the entire US, it's about a thousand times more competitive. And, um, you know, there's, there's millions of more web pages that you're competing with. So, you know, it's really important you pick and choose your battles. You know, you got to keep in mind, you can run paid media ads at any time. If you're going to start the long, hard battle of trying to get to the number one position for a competitive term, yeah. you know, there's a couple things you want to look at. One, you know, how much is the search volume? Is it over, you know, a few hundred, few thousand visitors a month? And even if you did get ranked number one, would you get enough people to click on it and come to your website and convert that would pay for all the effort that you had to get there? And the way you do that is, you know, you just run a real basic model. You look at um, the amount of search traffic. You look at the click-through rate. So in the top position, it's usually around 30%. You know, you look at the conversion rate, which is usually 1% to 2%. You look at how many conversions you would get, and then you multiply that by the amount of revenue per client or average customer um, value, lifetime value, and then you can build a model to determine whether or not you should even go after that. But national is totally possible. It's much easier for a website that's been around for a long time, already has some rankings, is established, is a brand that's running some advertising, than, than a website that's brand new. Like if you launched a brand new website and you wanted to try to get it ranked for insurance, financial advisor, something like that nationally, that's probably going to be like a three year, two to three year battle to yeah. get to that top position. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Got it. Uh, and then my last question, you did make reference to this earlier. I just wanted to circle back to it one more time. Um, uh, uh, 
talk through us through talk through your model on um, determining which keywords. So in other words, they, they, they need to be the right ones. There needs to be enough volume, but uh, they also need to be realistic, right? So like mm -hmm. the, the term insurance is going to be absurdly expensive. So how, <clears throat> how, how can a PNC agency win the keywords game? So the first thing is I think you need to just think about it kind of realistically for yourself. Is it super competitive term? You know, and if I'm coming into a new market, do you, I really think I can do that? I mean, just use your own head, but as a next step, yeah. um, you know, there's a million tools out there. So one of them is SEM rush and it tells you exactly how competitive a keyword is from zero to one, one being the most competitive. And if it's a one, you know, you're going to have a, a tough time. But also in addition to that, um, there's a tool called Google Search Console. And what you can do is you can set it up for your website for free. It's provided by Google. You log in, it's gonna show you all the keywords you're ranking for, the click-through rate, the amount of traffic you're getting. And you can go in there and actually put in the keyword and you can see if you're ranking for any of that stuff yet, if you're getting any traffic yet. And you can also just get an idea of the general landscape. But um, you want to just run a little bit of competitive analysis. You want to see how competitive the space is with competitors, but then also just for the keyword in general, see how close you are. And then you want to look at, well, what's the exact return going to be if you actually get there? And that's something that we do for all of our clients. And what, what we like to do is, for us, it's usually not one keyword. We might look at a thousand keywords. And then what we do is much like a financial portfolio, will break the keywords up into segments. So every website has segments. Every website has um, a variety of topics and there could be one page on that topic or there could be you know, 500 pages or a thousand pages on that topic. We like to break up the keywords into segments. We like to see, hey, if generally we raised the bar and the visibility on this 20%, how much traffic and conversions would you get? So you really wanna take the time to kind of run those models to see if it's, it's worth it for you, if it's a larger national brand. Got it, all right. Um, unless you've got anything else to say on SEO, and I know you could go on, you, you could deliver a, you know, a, a two year course on it. Let's, let's move on to your forecasting methodology. Sure. Okay, because um, I know you've recently published a book. Is that book? Um, it's available on Amazon. Yeah, so the new book's called The Forecaster Method, and it's on Amazon. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a book about uh, digital marketing strategy. Got it. All right. So <laughs> I've, uh, let, walk through your basic premise, because I think uh, you, you're, you're maybe breaking some ground here, certainly at, a, at the leading edge of some um, uh, digital thought leadership. Yeah. So, you know, being, um, you know, a business guy and, a, you know, the MBA and just, just like really wanting to hit targets and caring a lot about clients, you know, what I've done over the last um, couple of years in writing the book, which is my second book, um, is to try to figure out what is all the things that need to happen for people to reliably hit their quarterly and monthly goals and get the amount of conversions they want, whether it's transactional e-com or whether it's lead generation. And so the book's all about if I need to hit a thousand conversions a month, how exactly do I get there? And not only how exactly do I get there, but how do I get there with a diversified low risk portfolio of traffic? So what we teach people how to do in, in the book um, is we teach you how to set up four to six different acquisition channels, such as SEO, Facebook, YouTube, email marketing, you know, Google, you know, et cetera. How do you drive the right amount of traffic, the right amount of conversions, and, and build a model, a digital model that will help you reliably hit those goals on a consistent basis? And then how do you measure that and then know how to confidently reinvest in, in the right channels for the lowest returns so that you can hit your goals for the least expense, the easiest, right? Yeah. So the book's all about forecasting and it's all about... Um, also, how to evaluate each program to make sure that it's being run correctly and how to do each program. Uh, and it's been pretty well received. So. Yeah, okay. So where, where does somebody start? Um, uh, yeah, how, how, how should, and again, keep in mind that, you know, most of our listeners, they're uh, small business people, yep. right? Um, there, there's limited resources that, uh, uh, that they'll generally invest into 
marketing, digital marketing, and you know, marketing intelligence. But uh, there's a growing sense that people need to pay attention to this. So where do you, where do you think they should start? So we recently did a study, and the study's in the book, and I'll just tell you a little bit about it. But what we see is businesses under one million, they usually invest the most in social media. Then it goes up from there, one to five million, they start doing a little bit of SEO and a little bit of social media. And then five to 10 million, they start investing more in paid media. Um, and then they kind of even out a little bit. And then over 10 million, we start seeing that they're fully invested in all the different channels, including email marketing, social media, SEO, paid media. And then finally, after that, you know, you get into the $50 million range, it's a full marketing campaign. Now, the reason I tell you that is because a lot of small businesses, I believe they make mistakes because they try to go okay. for what is the cheapest, easiest option and they don't really think about um, they don't really think about value and they don't really think about return. So, you know, they might invest um, first, almost all of them invest in social media, which has almost no return at scale. And it's very hard to manage. Very hard to manage. It's a it's a time suck. It's the smallest thing and the easiest thing. And they might pay somebody a couple hundred bucks to do it. Um, and then, you know, they go to SEO next because they find somebody who's really cheap for a few hundred bucks a month to do it. And then a lot of these cheap companies, they just, you get what you pay for, they get you a penalty, things like that. You know, so what I would recommend everybody do instead, I really would recommend any new business do more of a paid media focused first strategy. And the reason for that is because you're going to be able to see exactly the cost per click. You're going to be able to see exactly the cost per conversion, how much it costs to convert. You're going to be able to hit people in your exact target market right around your area. And then you'll be able to start the foundation for that model. And then you'll be able to see the return and you'll want to invest more and more and more and more. So it's a really good idea to start with Google, start with Google. Then off of that, you're going to build something called a retargeting audience. So anybody who's come to the website, you advertise to them when they go around the web. Then you're going to scale out a little bit into Facebook, a little bit into Bing, a little bit into YouTube. You'll have a nice paid media model. Then you'll use that to reinvest into the social media, into the SEO. But if you start paid media first, you're not going to just be like pushing money out there. You'll be actually getting a return and new customers. So I really like to get people to go that route. Okay, got it. So uh, circle back. I'm going to just ask you to comment on a comment. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, go back and look at my notes. But I think essentially you were um, uh, not not terribly upbeat about the return on social. Yeah. Okay. T t talk about that. Because I think, um, oh, there's a tendency in my space for people to think, well, gosh, you know, we should at least have somebody post, you know, pictures of the team and maybe a video of the team and, you know, tell everybody about the charity that we contributed to, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, uh, talk about that. So, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I will, I will <laughs> say that it's fine to have, um, to try to build like a little community of clientele and things like that. Um, you know, it's great to do a newsletter to your clients and, you know, I, I won't say anything's wrong with that. Um, I just think it's better to invest in paid media for client acquisition. And the reason that I'm not as excited about social as I used to be is because Facebook used to be, you would do a post and, um, you know, instead of um, a few people seeing it, you know, three, 400 people would see it, you know, a thousand people, people would actually see it. <laughs> so they really, they've cut down. Yeah, they cut yeah. down on the reach. So um, now really Facebook is paid media essentially, because the only way that you get in front of people now is a promoted post. So if you really want your clients to see it, your friends to see it, all that, you're going to have to do a minimum 50 uh, to a hundred bucks a post so that your entire network sees it. And then, then yeah. so so that really is paid media. So it really is paid media when you do it that way. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. So maybe we'll circle back to Facebook here in a moment, but I want to jump over to LinkedIn. Okay. Different social platform, um, typically more B2B. Uh, so in our space, commercial lines as opposed probably uh, to personal lines insurance. Um, and, and I've been um, reasonably upbeat about that as a growing platform in this space. What do you think? Yeah, LinkedIn's been fantastic. 
it's got the highest reach out of any um, network right now and it's doing really really well they're coming out with new ads all the time but um, I'm, I'm huge huge supporter of LinkedIn I post there maybe three four times a week you know I have posts that might get seen by a hundred thousand people um, yeah. it's really really powerful great place for this demographic to be you know finding content that is um you know relevant to the industry and breaking news you know putting um tips out there on a consistent basis you know interacting i think that that could be a huge opportunity okay got it all right um and then you had mentioned uh, starting google and then maybe adding facebook and i was curious why not the other way around so you know facebook and google are both pretty powerful I think most people uh, will do Google first in almost any industry because it's more demand oriented instead of push oriented. So Facebook's a little bit more of an awareness channel. Okay. And then um, Google, people are in market, assuming that you're talking about somebody who doesn't search. So the highest intent is somebody who searches for financial advisor, you know, insurance, uh, lawyer, right, within a region. That type of person is shopping and so if you can get somebody who's in that state, that's very powerful. Now, you can have success on Facebook, too. You know, frankly, you can make any channel work with, with enough um, effort. But, you know, for Facebook, it's a little bit different. And what we see works really well there is if you're doing more of a nurturing approach over a 60, 90 day period. You know, first, you're educating them about something you know, a few educational ads, you nurture them further down, then you start to do a little bit more of a call now, call now type of thing. Um, that's, that takes a little bit more effort, a little bit more creative. Or, or Facebook ad with uh, like driving to a lead magnet, a landing page. Um... Sure. Yeah, that can yeah. be really, okay. really great. Um, and yeah. so that, that's kind of, you know, that's what drives the cost down on Facebook as well, because if you just go to Facebook and you try to say, hire me to be your you know, representative, one M, right? That compared to an educational series, then eventually it goes to you know, a download on top trends in 2020 or a video where you teach a lesson on a page and then you can click to learn more. You know, a, a lead magnet, a funnel, you know, that's going to cut your acquisition costs for a new customer down by probably 80%. And so that's what makes it so it's a great channel. Okay, got it. All right. I, I, um, <laughs> so for maybe for our follow-up uh, podcast, we'll talk about lead magnets and funnels. Um, but let's, let's, unless you've got anything else to say about this topic, uh, I'm ready to jump into your, to, to get your insights on video, because I know you've got uh, some strong feelings about that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's talk a little <laughs> bit about video. And it's really, really, um, very connected to all, all the ad stuff we're talking about. Okay. So again, small business, how do you, uh, you know, so we're generally, we're pro probably talking about um, at least easily within grasp, low production and um, mid-level production as opposed to, you know, high level production. Okay. So let's maybe hold off on the high level production. Where does it go? How do they start? Why does it work? What should people know? Yeah, I don't think anybody needs to or should be doing high level production in this space or, mm -hmm. you know, the only space you want to is if you're a major brand and even right they on. are shifting a little bit. But if you can just commit to a video a week or two or, you know, biweekly, just some, some consistent basis, I promise you, you'll see a, just a fantastic return. So uh, the first step is what's the content you're going to create? because that's kind of the most important thing. And what I've seen works really well is teaching people things or um, just providing some expertise on your industry or covering news items in your industry. Those do really well. So if you can set a little time aside for yourself and you can just use your phone, you know, if you have a, a newer phone, whether it's a new iPhone, you know, a new Samsung, a new Pixel, no matter what it is, that is all you need nowadays. You know, you buy a stand on Amazon, you know, you set it up and just make sure that you've got some decent lighting, uh, better than the lighting that I have right now, if you're looking at me <laughs> on this video, but you probably listen on the podcast, but I, but for me, I do have better lighting when I usually do the videos. And um, it's as simple as that, 
Keep it short, keep it snappy, get a little outline. If you wanna go an extra step, you can find a video editor and hand it over to them. They'll edit it up for you. They can put a couple little things on that. And then um, just consistently publish the video. And what you're gonna find is that your reach really, really grows and people are gonna be consistently reaching out to you that you never thought were gonna be watching. Um, the key is how you distribute the video. So I can talk okay. about that next <laughs> if you like. Yeah, please, okay. So, so uh, for starters, uh, low production, maybe an editor that adds, you know, they could add your logo or, you know, you, you probably wanna clip out some of the garbage um and uh and deliver content that's of value to the listener right okay now how do they get it yeah so you find your voice you know you kind of start getting into the video creation and you know last thing i'd say you know don't be shy just step up and do it and do it in one take and put it out there and then do the next one and put it out there and then you know it becomes more natural over time and uh, so what, what happens? Well, it becomes your core centric strategy, right? Because with this video, you can take this and upload it to YouTube. You can upload it to um, YouTube stories, Facebook, Facebook stories, Instagram, Instagram stories. You can upload it to LinkedIn. You can create um, a blog post from it. You give the video to a writer, you say create a blog post from it. You can take the audio from the, the YouTube video and turn that into a podcast. You can um, share the page that you've made on Twitter. You can share the blog post all over the web. And I think the most important thing is um, do that and use your existing list and send it out through your newsletters and all that, but, but also um, put some advertising behind it too, because if you make one video, that's your weekly marketing campaign. So instead of you know, sending it out to all those lists where maybe three or 4,000 people see it, if you put another $100 behind it on every platform, you could be uh, in front of 40,000 people every week that have never seen you before. And yeah, you know, not, not everything's gonna come from every single interaction, but it just starts to snowball over time and uh, it just leads to consistent business uh, growth and recognition and media sees it and it all kind of ends up um, coming full circle for your goals. Okay, um, a, a question occurred to me, um, and this, this might belong to the previous category, um, but uh, it made me, you made me think of it here. So let's say an agent posted it on their, their two minute video or whatever on LinkedIn. Uh, I noticed that you didn't talk about LinkedIn pay-per-click, which is oh, notoriously expensive, but you know, and some people get, get good results, some don't. What, what are your thoughts about that? We have not seen very good results for LinkedIn <laughs> okay. Yeah, I've probably, we have probably run it for, as tests for uh, 50 clients and probably, and which is a pretty good amount, and probably four have stuck with it. Um, you know, I would say it's, uh, it's really expensive. Not a lot of people are on there to buy. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, you know, they've recently redone it and now they've integrated it in with Bing and you can upload an email list and, and all that. I would say the main thing I would recommend uh, people do is if you're going to do LinkedIn, um, make sure you're running uh, LinkedIn video ads or running LinkedIn in-mail ads, which is actually where you email people on LinkedIn um, or LinkedIn remarketing ads. So people have been to your website and then go to LinkedIn. Those are the ones that are, that generally work well. Um, talk for a moment about the LinkedIn in-mail, because uh, that's a kind of a, it's, it's, it's sometimes often a little dark corner. People aren't quite sure what to do with it. Yeah, so the LinkedIn in-mail, I, if I wanted to, I could set any industry, any, any age, you know, any, any location, uh -huh. um, you know, any, um, any title. And then I can say, okay, go ahead, LinkedIn, here's a hundred bucks a day email everybody around there and attach it to my profile and I can send them any message I want. And so if you run a hundred bucks a day for a week, you might end up emailing 30,000 people. Okay. Well, so really? really? Yeah. So it's really, really powerful um, in reaching people, but you know, it, uh, if you don't have the right message, you don't have to manage it right. It can, you know, you can be, have some blowback. Um, but yeah, for us, um, you know, I've done a lot of it and I've gotten tons of leads out of it. I've probably gotten six um, clients out of, out of it. And, uh, and it works 
quite well. I think that it could work very well for the, this industry as well. Um, I just think you want to be responsible about it and you don't want to uh, approach it in a way where uh, it's going to feel spammy and bother people. You know, you really want to mm -hmm. email right. people something helpful, slight introduction, something <clears throat> like that. Yeah, okay. Or a, a value rich lead magnet. That would right, be good. You yeah, you know, um, get it, to get them on your list. Okay. Are you interested in, um, you know, a free analysis of what's going on going on right. with um, your portfolio? Would you like to see the trends and the hottest things, you know, in the market right now? Just, yeah, I think I think a lead magnet would be great. Um, you know, I do the weekly news, the digital marketing weekly news, and um, I've emailed that out before in, a, in mail and lots of engagement. So I think value is important obviously so okay got it um john i got uh two or three questions and that and that's it uh the, the first one is if you could give us a sense of where you think your part of the industry is going so when i say your part of the industry i would guess i would say digital marketing all right so uh you know sp speaking to small business owners who have a growing sense that in order to, to be successful in business, they need to be connecting with their marketplace and connecting with their client base on an ongoing basis. Using, I mean, generally, you, you really can't do that effectively without using contemporary media. Where, where do you think this is going? What, you know, if you look down the road a couple of years, is, is there something that people should be paying attention to now to prepare them for the immediate and near-term future? So I would just recommend everybody keep building their audiences. So what I mean by that is keep growing your own personal email list, your social media communities, um, the remarketing list. When people go to your website, keep building your data and keep building the amount of people that you can reach out to. That's really kind of becoming the name of the game. And then what you can do with that data is you can uh, overlay it. So if a million or a thousand people come to your website, I can choose to just send a message to people who came uh, in the last 90 days, who were this gender, who are this age range, you know, and so on, and just send them messages. And same for your email list. So, you know, I think everything's going digital, um, you know, especially with all the changes in 2020. And it's just going to turn more into that. More people are online and it's just going to be more and more online. So I think we're going to see a further explosion. I would recommend everybody do their best just to get like a, some cursory basic knowledge of it. You know, spend a little bit of time, um, you know, pick up a great book from Amazon, like the forecaster method or something like that. No, education, just basic education, just so, um, so you feel a little bit more as comfortable with it as possible. Cause I think it's going to be a component of every business, almost like, um, you know, managing cash flow is a part of every business. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Right. Well, yeah. Okay. And so to some extent, um, at least when, when we're talking about the lead gen part, this is managing future cash flow. It is. And that's the way I've always looked at it, Michael. I think you really hit a great <clears throat> point there. So I, I really look at it as like you're a fiduciary for managing future cash flow and inbound customers. And so um, I think that's how they should, everybody else should be looking at it too. It's like, these are your new customers, exactly how much they cost. You know, you need more future cash flow. turn up the dial, right? Oh, you have, you, your operations can't handle it, scale it back, right? It. And that's yeah. the way that people need to get to. Okay. Uh, one last, well, <laughs> my almost last practical question. Um, in our, uh, well, in our, in our industry, the fastest growing position is, the marketer. Um, so yeah, yeah, really, you know, kind of maybe, maybe unusual. Um, but you know, I think we're seeing obviously more small to medium businesses are saying, Hey, we need to have a presence. So we need somebody to do some marketing. And so, um, John, you know, there's a sort of a typical agency composition that's developed over the decades with a principal and producers, maybe sales managers, CSRs, maybe, you know, CSR supervisor. Um, but what we've noticed and what the data has demonstrated is that uh, more and more agencies are hiring somebody, maybe not full-time, maybe part-time, maybe it's somebody already on the team to do some marketing. 
typically they will uh, often start with some of the easy stuff, the social posting that doesn't get a lot of recognition. Okay, yeah. but and, and then maybe, you know, of course, they'll use a tool like Agency Revolution and, and be able to um, communicate uh, fairly, um, oh, you know, uh, high touch, high touch communications uh, using email marketing and, you know, different campaigns like that. Fantastic. But then, at, yeah, and, and, and I've, I've prepared a, a model, the four I call it the four stages of the marketer in the modern insurance agency, right? Recognizing that what you and I do is a profession. And so when they hire Sally, who's pretty good at maybe posting social to do eight hours of marketing, you know, they're not getting a chief marketing officer, they're getting a, you know, a marketing assistant part-time. Um, so, uh, so, so here's, here's the question I've got. It's a little bit of a softball pitch for, you know, or a soft, yeah, softball pitch for you, but, um, but I, I don't entirely mean it that way. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I, obviously at some point, you know, there are a couple of options. One is let's provide a, uh, you know, some, some training so that our marketer gets better or let's hire, you know, more sophisticated, a more sophisticated marketer that can handle uh, more sophisticated marketing. But at some point people look outside their own capabilities and they look to vendors like yourself, right? And it's all, it's really difficult for any single person to do every single thing. That's really almost impossible. I don't do everything myself. I have I have marketing support that does things for me and I hire vendors who do my pay-per-click and, and things like that. So, um, and, and so I guess what I'm looking for is if you could give some guidance to, to small businesses, in this case, insurance agencies, to help them navigate, you know, this kind of sense of one, what should the principal know? Not necessarily know how to do, but what should they know? what maybe does make sense for them to handle internally and what are the kinds of things that that insurance agencies can can realistically look for outside themselves and say hey this is so, this is something you're always going to be able to do better than we can do I'll pay you to do it yeah so i mean you know the 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 main principle needs to know does it make business sense? Uh, and you know, is it is it bringing in customers? You know, that's that's incredibly important. How do they measure it? Um, and they should have an understanding of each of the different channels. So in digital marketing, there's a couple different channels. There's SEO, social media, referring site traffic. Um, there's affiliate marketing. There's direct. And then there's paid media. So those are each of the channels, right? And then they need to understand a little bit about each channel, how to measure it, some of the subtleties, nothing that's super hard, but just to at least understand, you know, what those are. And then you definitely need an internal person. You have to have one. So it's a great idea to have somebody because even if you hire an agency or even if you hire more people in house, there has to be one person who's managing the in-house relationship or the agency relationship. They have to approve content. They have to just, you know, general project management, you know, approve strategic direction and things like that. What happens, though, is that, you know, we've got, um, you know, really talented staff here. And really, if you think about it, after the agency got over a few people, ever since then, I've just been in the talent um, <laughs> business, really. I've just been trying to, you know, uh, get really talented people in here who are, you um, as talented or more talented or as close to talented as I ever was. And I just, I love working with all of them. So it's just a matter of that you, you will never be able to hire the type of people that we get at an agency or justify the hire to have full time at your company, unless you're a business usually over 5 million. And at uh -huh. that point, they'll probably be pretty bored because they'll just be sitting there working on one thing all day. And, and also they might only have one skill set. So what we do is, you know, you've got, 15 people on your account, all complete experts, all totally, you know, know their stuff. And then they just put in a little time on exactly what you need because um, digital now, you know, any good campaign for a business over five or 10 million is going to have expertise that spans probably at least, you know, five to 10 different places online. And so that's why 
it's very, very hard to replicate in house unless you find one person who's just a total Swiss army knife who can kind of <laughs> do all the different stuff yeah. really well, which is hard to do. So it's hard to do. No, there's a lot, right? I mean, and, and, and I think sometimes, oh, the, the, you know, the, um, oh, younger professional might feel uh, uh, frustrated that they can't do everything. Yep. Email, SEO, pay-per-click, you know, uh, ad design, you know, I mean, the, the breadth of skills is really uh, considerable. It and, really is. Yeah. I mean, so, even us, I mean, like, you know, just before this, somebody asked me if we do app store optimization. You know, that's a whole field. There's agencies <laughs> just around that that are just dedicated to app, app store optimization, international app store optimization that, you know, I mean, multilingual, like, you know, so the web, it's, it's very like, um, it's interesting. I think a lot of people, you know, they say, hey, you know, just get me leads. But, you know, it's um, what goes into that is all these different specialties. It's like law, finance, taxes. You know, these are all very different things. Um, every platform is quite different. So got it. All right. Uh, so, John, first of all, I will recommend your book. I have a forecaster method. Is that do I have the title? Right? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. OK, it's on Amazon and I see the reviews are coming in really well. So good work on that. And, um, and then, John, if a listener, any listener, hears this and um, you've captured their imagination and they're curious about what you may be able to do for them, um, how can they reach out to your firm? Yeah, sure. You can um, go to ignitevisibility.com or feel free to send me an email at john at ignitevisibility.com. I'm happy to talk to anybody. And if you just want to learn for free, um, I make YouTube videos a couple times a week and um, people, <laughs> there people enjoy getting free right. advice. So go ahead and check us okay. out on YouTube. Well. Okay, that's a great idea. Jump into John's funnel on YouTube. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, I also I follow you on LinkedIn. So I'll encourage everybody should should do that as well. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right, John. Um, obviously, I love the conversation. Always love talking to a marketer. I, I do hope that at some point I can talk you into a second conversation. So keep that in the back of your mind. Um, so uh, once again, thanks so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, appreciate being here. Have a great day. You bet. Thank you for listening to the Connected Insurance Podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share it with your peers and colleagues. Explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers by visiting agencyrevolution.com and clicking media. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox. New episodes every Wednesday.